Welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. Hello, welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life with Delane MD podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Delane Vaughn. I am a board-certified family practitioner and a certified life and weight coach. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I specialize in helping people live naturally healthy lives. Specifically, I work with type 2 diabetics. I feel like I am an expert in living naturally healthy So if that's something you're interested in, you are in the right place. I've got great tools and strategies in my podcast to help you do that. So today I am going to talk about the breakdown of changing your thoughts, like how to do that. What's the anatomy? What are the steps of changing your thoughts? Many people who work with me know that I use a strategy or a tool called the thought model to really analyze what you do, how you do things, why you do things the way you do why you get the results you do. So I'm going to briefly go into the components of the thought model, but if you want more information, find the old podcast. It's, I want to say it's podcast number 12, but I may, I may be totally off. Find the podcast about the thought model where I break that down and go into it. So real quickly, the thought model consists of five different components. First is your circumstance. Second is your thought about the circumstance. The third component is the feeling that you have that's driven by your thought. And then the fourth component is the action that comes from the feeling. And then the last component, the fifth component, is your result that you get. So how that looks is you have a circumstance, you have thoughts about the circumstance, you have feelings that are come from those thoughts. Those feelings drive certain actions which give you your results. Those results will always support the original thought. This is a concept in psychological literature um, called confirmation bias, where you have a belief and everything that you see and everything that you do will create evidence to support that belief. And that's just how our brains work. And that's why the thought model works. That's why it's so important. Many times when my clients hear this, oh, it's just that I need to change my thoughts, they feel like it's going to be really like, oh, I just need to get a better thoughts. I need to go from thinking this is so hard to thinking this is rainbows and daisies and the life is going to be great and I'm going to get immediate results and life is going to be good. And that, of course, is not as easy as it is, right? That's not how it works. That It's not that simple. So anybody who has worked with me definitely knows that this is not how it works. Like, And, and I think all of us, when we learn this model, this tool, immediately that's how we want to utilize it. Oh, I just need to change my thoughts. Awesome. I'll change my thoughts. I'll get better results. And that is just not how it works. So I want to break down kind of the process in an example, like an example that I've recently had in myself about how to change your result by changing your thoughts. So the example I'm going to use revolves around a joy eat, which I recommend for most of my clients on a pretty regular basis, that you learn how to trust yourself around food. It's very easy if food is your problem, right? 
if your illness in life, if you are unhealthy because you eat too much or you eat the wrong kinds of food, it's very easy to just never have that food in your life and then you get to not be sick anymore, right? So if chocolate cake is causing you diabetes and you don't want to be diabetic anymore, so you move to a deserted island where there is no more chocolate cake, then suddenly you don't have your problem with diabetes, right? Because there's no chocolate cake to eat. But you never actually built the trust and the belief in yourself that you just make the decision that's good for you, right? And most of us find that we don't have the option to just move to a deserted island where there are no chocolate cakes ever available to us again, right? Like that's not an option for us. That's why it's so important to kind of learn how to trust yourself around foods that don't serve your health. So that's why I recommend a Joy Eat. There's a couple of other reasons that go into it, um, but the main reason is to really change that relationship that you have with food to where you trust yourself with food. So I recommend that for all my clients, and certainly it's something that I do on a regular basis also. When I first started doing this, when I first started having Joy Eats, I told myself all sorts of excuses and all sorts of reasons, all sorts of stories about why I didn't have to stick firmly to my joy eat, like why it was okay to expand my joy eat. So recognize when I started having joy eat, sometimes it was like a joy weekend, right? It wasn't a joy eat. It was like it would start on Friday night and it would end someday on Sunday, sometime on Sunday night. And typically there was a lot of food and I felt really, really physically poorly. Like I felt sick from it. And of course I was horribly disappointed in myself and I didn't like what I saw on the scale. There were just a a number of things when they were joy weekends, right? That I didn't love about it. And then it would narrow down to just like a joy Saturday and Sunday or a joy day and a half, like Saturday and half a day Sunday, or maybe it was just, and then it would narrow down, I guess, to a joy Saturday. And then it would narrow down to a joy meal. Like it wasn't the whole day that was a free for all now. It was just the meal. So it was a burger and fries and soda and beer and ice cream and brownies, you know what I mean? But it was all within a meal. So there were a number of iterations on my joy eat experience that had gotten me to a point where I could start trusting myself, right? To only have what I I ate. And I kind of want to walk you through that and where the thought change happened for me. And this has taken time. Like this did not happen in a month. This happened over years, over many, many months that it just took to rein this in. What I also want you to hear is you don't have to wait the year and a half to see results. I saw all of my results. Like I lost all my weight. My blood sugars normalized. My A1C dropped to 4.9. Everything looked great on me without coming to a point before I came to a really strong, solid place where I could trust myself for the joy eat, okay? So don't think you have to have all this trust. You have to be at the end point. You don't have to be at the end point to see the results. You totally don't. You will see results long before you get there. But for me, it was really, really, really important that I could trust myself. That's really been the most compelling and driving factor for me is I want to trust myself around anything. I don't ever want to be feeling like I don't know how I'm going to act in a certain situation. I don't like that feeling. I don't like that story. And so that's really been where my work has has really resided. That's really where I have had the work to do. When I would think about Joy Eats, I had a number of thoughts. As I would eat the Joy Eat, it would be, I want more. 
and that that actually happens even before the joy eat. So lots of time before I have like a joy eat, I'll also have a meal. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's like just I eat a ice cream sundae. I mean, like that's my meal for the day and it's substantial. There's typically some protein with it in the form of nuts or whatever. But like sometimes that's it. That's like that's my meal. But other times it's like, oh, I'm going to have a salad. I'm going to have something healthy and then I want to have a little joy eat afterwards. It starts sometimes even with the healthy food, right? Like, oh, I want more. I want more of that food. And this happens with most of my meals. This is not something that only happens with Joy Eats. I have this story that I want more food. I want more food. I want more food. But then it will go to, like, for the Joy Eat. So yesterday I had a Joy Eat, and it was a cinnamon roll. And, uh, like, have you ever had Cinnabon? I've never had Cinnabon. We have one in town. I'd heard about it through a number of different places. And I was like, ooh, I should try one of those Cinnabons because they say they're amazing. So I was like, well... I'll have it on a Joy Eat. That'll be okay. I'll have a Cinnabon on a Joy Eat. So I knew I kind of wanted, we were going to eat at this restaurant that was close to the Cinnabon. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have a salad. I'm going to eat some normal food. But I also want to have that Cinnabon. I want to have some of the Cinnabon. When I sat down for my meal, this was the thought. Like initially as I'm eating, I'm eating two appetizers. My husband and I are splitting two appetizers and I'm having a salad. And I'm eating the appetizers and I'm like, ooh, I want more. Ooh, I want more. And then I eat my salad. I'm like, ooh, I've still got a bunch of the salad left. I really want more. Like so that's a pretty common thought that just comes with most of my meals. I want more. I want more. But then the thought that I had was I know I want more food, but I also want to be able to enjoy that Cinnabon. And if I keep eating, I'm going to get too full and I won't be able to enjoy the Cinnabon. And recognize my plan was actually the salad, the two appetizers, and then only two bites of the Cinnabon. Because again, I knew I wanted to have the salad. I wanted to go to this restaurant with my family and eat, but I wanted to try the Cinnabon. And of course, there was part of me that was like, no, I want four Cinnabons. But I was like, no, I'm not going to eat a whole one. I could eat a whole one. Yeah, that's reasonable. But I know that I can't do both the meal and the whole Cinnabon. And I don't want to overeat. So I'm just going to do two bites of the Cinnabon. So that was my plan. The salad, the two appetizers, and two bites of the Cinnabon. So when I started realizing that I was having these thoughts of I want more, I want more, I want more, even with my meal, like with the salad and the appetizers, then, of course, my thought kind of shifted into, no, 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 though, I don't want to overeat here because I really want to enjoy the Cinnabon. So then, of course, like as I'm sitting down to eat the Cinnabon, the two bites of the Cinnabon, there was all sorts of chatter. I could eat the whole Cinnabon. I could just have the whole Cinnabon. I mean, my insulin's already spiked. I could just eat the whole Cinnabon. And then it was like, well, no, whole Cinnabon's a lot. Maybe I just eat half of the Cinnabon. And then the thought morphed into... Maybe I'm not really full from lunch. Like maybe I didn't eat enough of the salad and I really should eat more of the Cinnabon than just two bites. And then my brain started to kick in. I was like, nope, I wrote down only two bites of the Cinnabon. I wrote it down and that's what I committed to and that's what I want to do. And then the final thought, the final, like the nail in the coffin on the Cinnabon for me was I want to be the kind of person who can trust in myself and to be that kind of person, I have to do what I say I'm going to do. And for me, that is a crux thought. And I'm going to get into why, because I'm going to walk you through the thought model on each of these different thoughts and go through and show you why it's so compelling, why it's so powerful, why working through the thought model is so powerful for life coaching. So when we look at all of those different thoughts, there are a lot of different thoughts. I want to eat more. I want to eat more salad, but I also want to like the cinnamon roll or have room for the cinnamon roll. 
I could eat the whole cinnamon roll. I've already spiked my insulin. Well, maybe not the whole cinnamon roll, half the cinnamon roll. I've already spiked my insulin. And then a thought of maybe I'm not really that full from the salad, so I should eat it all. I should eat all the cinnamon roll. And then the thought of I've written down two bites and that's what I'm going to do. And then the thought of I want to be able to trust myself and to be able to trust myself, I need to do the say, I need to do the things I actually say I'm going to do. I'm going to walk through all of those different thoughts in the thought model and have you see how it works, how this coaching works. So for me, that first thought of I want to eat more, that happened with my meal. That wasn't even necessarily a joy eat. And it happens with a lot of meals. Whenever I have the thought I want to eat more, I feel desire. I feel an increase in the amount of desire I have for eating. My action in that point is to ruminate, like constantly have this food chatter about, or this constantly have this chatter about food in my brain. And then of course, all of those thoughts create more desire. I want to eat more. It's like this loop that you get stuck in. And then my thought went to, I want to eat more salad, but I also don't want to get too full for the cinnamon roll. So again, my circumstances, my meal, my thought was I want to eat more salad, but I don't want to be too full for the cinnamon roll. That feeling for me was awareness or even allowance of just knowing, okay, this is when I want to eat more, but I'm not going to do it because I want to enjoy the cinnamon roll. Just allowing that to be there. And then, of course, that action for me was not eating too much. I didn't overeat. I didn't overeat the salad or the appetizers. And then my result was I totally was able to enjoy. I had room in my tummy to still enjoy the cinnamon roll without getting too full. The next thought, of course, that came was I could eat the whole cinnamon roll. Now, this was at the joy eat, right? The circumstances, the joy eat. I could eat the whole cinnamon roll because I've already spiked my insulin with my meal. There's no point to not do it. My feeling for that is an interesting feeling that I don't know that I'm always really able to express. But the feeling for me that comes, the word I use to describe it is cheating. It is the feeling of cheating the system. For me, that's what I call it. It's cheating the system. I'm cheating. So... Cheating for me is trying to live the letter of the law without the spirit of the law. And for me, that I call that cheating, right? Like, it's not really doing the work. It's not really being true to what, what my goals are, what I want to accomplish, right? So, of course, when I feel like I'm cheating, I do eat the cinnamon roll. I've already spoken my insulin. There's no reason not to. I eat it. And I eat the cinnamon roll, like my result is I eat the cinnamon roll, but I feel like I cheat the system. I feel inauthentic with myself, which I don't like to feel. So the next thought was, well, maybe not the whole cinnamon roll, maybe just the half cinnamon roll. And it's the same thing, right? My circumstance was a joy eat. My thought is it's okay to eat just half the cinnamon roll. My feeling is cheating, that I'm cheating the system feeling. My action, again, is to eat only half, but still feel like a cheat. That's my result, is that I still feel like a cheat. I feel inauthentic to myself. And so then, of course, my thought of why, you know, in my effort, my brain chatter to try to talk me into eating more of the cinnamon roll than I had originally planned, the next thought was, well, maybe I'm not really full from the salad that I ate. Maybe I'm not really full from dinner, from my lunch. And it's totally okay because you're supposed to eat full. So it's totally okay to eat the cinnamon roll. My feeling with that was like, maybe I'm not full. My feeling from that was unsure and uncertainty, right? And then, of course, that led to me, that would lead me to overeating, to eating the cinnamon roll, eating all of it. And then my result is, of course, I'm overfull. I'm way too full. And then, of course, I also am creating more uncertainty in myself because I can't trust myself to only do what I, to do what I said I was going to do. So then my thought of, I have written down only two bites of the cinnamon roll, so that's what I'm going to eat. So when I look at the circumstance of my joy eat, and I had the thought yesterday in the moment I've written down only two bites of the cinnamon roll, and that's what I'm going to eat. 
that feeling for me is determined. What comes with that thought for me is determined. I'm determined to stick to my plan. My action was I did only eat two of the bites. And then my result was I kept my word to myself, right? But even after I had that thought, there was still chatter going on in my head. And the thought that kind of put it all to bed, thought that kind of shut it all down, bring it on down, we're going to rein it all in, was if I want to trust myself, I have to do what I say I'm going to do. I have to follow through on my word if I want to be a trustworthy person. So for me, the circumstances my joy eat, and I have the thought, if I want to be the kind of person that I that trusts in myself, I have to do what I said I was going to do. That's just how it is. And when I think about it, this is like a magical thought for me. Like, this is the crux of it all. If I want to be able to trust myself, I have to do what I said I was going to do. There's nothing, there's no, it's so simple and straightforward that it's almost like hard to see. So for me, when I had that thought, if I want to trust myself, I have to do what I said I was going to do. My feeling was committed and it was like rock solid committed. It was like I could pick it. I could pick that feeling. It was so organic and real for me. I could have grabbed it in my chest and pulled it out for you and shown you. Yep, this is what it looks like. There it is, committed. It was so strong for me. And of course, my action was I totally only had two bites. And my result, though, the best part and the reason that I think this thought is so meaningful for me, my result is I can totally trust myself. And that's, again, for me, that's the work. For me, that's the crux of it all. I want to be the kind of person that can totally trust in myself to do the things that I say I'm going to do. And that's really important for me. But I wanted you guys to see this as I worked through this. And I totally like, I mean, I journaled this all this morning, all these different thoughts about the joy eat that I had yesterday. And although I manage my joy eats pretty well these days, recognize it didn't happen overnight. But when you actually sit down and look at it, you can really see the anatomy, the pieces of the thought change that go in to getting different results, right? And why it's so important. So that's why I wanted to point this out today in this podcast. I think a lot of times, again, we all are like, oh, I just need a different thought. Okay, this sucks. Let's think it's rainbows and daisies and everything's going to be better. And that's just not how it works. It's not that simple. If it were that simple, nobody would have any problems with any of this stuff. We'd all be eating what we should eat and healthy and off our meds and feeling fabulous. But that's just not how it works. So I wanted to point out this kind of process of doing this, the process of the thought change. I also wanted to point out to you that it doesn't happen overnight. And I wanted to point out that you don't have to have it all perfect before you start to see results. You're going to see results in your health and your blood sugars and the amount of medications you're on in your weight long before you have this thought component mastered and really have all this awareness and kind of um, thought management under control. Long before you have all of that, you're going to see results. Recognize that this thought work is the hard stuff. We call it metacognition. It's thinking about our thinking. And that's just not how we're ever taught to do it. We don't think about our thinking. We just have thoughts that run through our head. And we feel like we're compelled. Like they're just, I mean, they're thoughts. I can't help what comes into my head. It's just thoughts come into my head and then I've got to make an action from that. That's what we think, but that's totally not the case. All of our thoughts are optional. And when we can start to be aware that all of our thoughts are optional, that's when we really gain control to have different thoughts, which give us different feelings and give us different actions and give us different results. And that's really where 
the crux, the money of it all is. That's really where the important part is. So that's the work I do with my clients when we're coaching. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you've been getting some results, but you really know that this is the game changer for you that you really need help with, this is totally what we do in my program. This is totally what I do to help people live that naturally healthy life. If that's something you're interested in, send an email to Delane at DelaneMD.com. We'll get together and chat briefly and I'll tell you about my program and you can decide whether that's right for you. So if that's something you're interested in, email me. If not, try some of the stuff out and I definitely want to hear if there's how you do with this. How how does it work for you? Send me an email, Delane at DelaneMD.com. Tell me what you think. Tell me you're getting hung up on it. I hope everybody has a great week and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. Visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the work with me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.